So I'm checking email this afternoon and I get a mystery receipt for $236 for what? And Stephen King's new least favorite word. And more from the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything. Thanks for listening. Let's get started with the podcast right now. I open up my email and I see a receipt and I'm like, okay, well, what is this receipt from some local business that uses the Apple, you know, scanner thing, whatever. Um, and then they email you a receipt. And I look at this and I took a picture of it because I want to read it to you. My wife had gone to get a facial. Now, I'm not going to say that all guys are like me um, and nobody knows how much a facial costs, but I had no idea that a facial was so expensive. Uh, this facial cost $236. Oh, plus she got some serum, a little bottle of serum that's about the size of a medicine bottle, like a pill bottle, for $100. And I'm like, wow. And then she's like, well, then I had to leave her a tip for $30. So the whole thing all together came to $238. Now, listen, I don't mind. She deserves it. She, you know, I don't control the money and her money is my money and my money is her money. And uh, listen, I have my elaborate things too. I spend money on magic tricks, which I mean, she is very patient with, but wow, $238 for a facial. I had no clue. And a hundred dollars for serum. You're probably aware of all this, especially if you're a woman, not to sound like we're working sex into this, but uh, me and my guy friends probably don't know how much women spend on things like this. Is that unusual? That was kind of crazy. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. It is uh, Dave Ryan. Uh, the podcast is called, as you know, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything, based on the book, which is full of lessons. And it was funny because I was selling it at the um, Barktoberfest in Becker, Minnesota this Saturday. And some people knew about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I want to get a copy of your book, too. And other people were like, what's this book about? And I said, well, it's it's life lessons that I've learned in my long time on this planet that if you read the book, it might save you the trouble of making the same mistakes. I said, but it's not preachy. And I said, there's some things in there that are more helpful than others. Uh, for example, don't loan money. Um, uh, don't, um, oh, I don't know, make sure you feed the goat. You know what feed the goat means, where you always do a little bit more than you're supposed to do to stand out. Uh, let people be nice to you without trying to pay them for it. Learn the power of the word no, that type of thing. And some people looked at it and said, okay, yeah, I'll get one. And other people set it back down like, eh, okay, well, that's interesting, but I'll pass. But that's what the whole podcast is about. But we also talk about a lot of other things too, like finding out that your wife's facial costs $236 and a $100 bottle of serum. What is this serum? And is it any different than Jurgen's lotion. Now that might sound like a really stupid question, but I read an article a long time ago that basically says lotion, moisturizes, serum, whatever, they don't penetrate any deeper than the other one. The molecules are all about the same size. They can't get down deep into your skin. So basically they're all about the same. Some are oilier, some are smell different, but I don't know. What do you think? Is it a racket? Is the stuff you can buy down at Target just as good as $100 serum? 
that maybe you feel better about. I think I read somewhere also that that people who use the really expensive stuff swore that they saw a change in their appearance of their face. Hey, listen, there's an old saying that says early to bed, early to rise, work like hell and moisturize. And my wife has been moisturizing ever since I've known her and she's got great skin for being an old lady. Um, and so maybe that should be in my next book, Moisturize. I think I'll write that down as a chapter. That's a good idea. Um, as a matter of fact, let me grab my pen. I'm going to write that down right now before I forget. Moisturize. Next book. Okay, speaking of my next book, if I do another book, another a follow-up to this book, people say, well, what are you going to put in your next book? And once in a while, I write down in my phone in an app called OneNote, which is fantastic. You got to get OneNote if you ever try to keep anything organized. OneNote is an app for your computer and for your phone, and it is glorious. So I write down ideas, and I wrote this one down uh, the other day. Are you ready? Here we go. Drive yourself so you won't get stuck. And I forget how it came about exactly, but I was talking to somebody who had ridden with a friend somewhere and the friend didn't want to leave when my friend wanted to leave so they were stuck there well you know exactly what I'm talking about this is what happens when you know you go on a date with somebody or you go to a game or a party or a barbecue or wherever and they drove and if they're really good friends you can say you know what hey I want to go home. I really don't feel good. I'm bored. I'm tired, whatever. I want to go home. But if they're like an acquaintance or a date or a relative you don't know that well, you're kind of stuck. So, and I know you can't always drive yourself somewhere, but if you have the luxury of driving yourself, make an excuse, especially if you're not sure you want to be there all night. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to the wedding. Oh, that'll be great. Well, let's, okay, well, you know what? I got to stop on the way and pick up a jar of pickles or um, cotton swabs, so I will meet you there. And your friend will probably be like, oh, okay. Um, but that way you can leave if you want to, if you think your friend's going to stay there all night. Hey, listen, I am not suggesting being antisocial and not riding somewhere with your friends, but I know Stephen Fallon and I do this all the time. If we're going to go somewhere, it's like, okay, listen, we're going to drive separately so we don't all have to come back to the radio station afterward to pick up our cars. So just an idea. There's maybe a possible another chapter in my book. Drive yourself so you won't get stuck. Swedish death cleaning. What is Swedish death cleaning? This came up on the show a couple of months ago, and I actually ordered a book, and I've got it here in front of me. It's called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. How to Free Yourself and Your Family from a Lifetime of Clutter. I have clutter. Stephen Fallon gave me a hard time for being a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. I just want, I have clutter. I buy stuff and I have stuff and I just accumulate a lot of stuff. I mean, especially as you get older, you accumulate stuff. A lot of it for me is books and abandoned hobbies and clothes and things like that. So I bought this book and it's a really simple read. It looks like you can sit down and read it easily in about two hours. Kind of like my book. It's a really simple read. And uh, um, I read through just a, a couple of chapters and was glancing at things. And one of the chapters is where to start. One of the best places to start, and I'm just throwing this out there because I think it's something you can use even if you never buy the book. One of the best places to start is with clothing. And I think that's so true. 
how do you handle your clothing? I mean, mine, I have my closet and then I have Susan's closet. My clothing actually spills over into her closet because I've got so many shirts, I got pants and I got, you know, I don't know, just jerseys and souvenir sweatshirts and things like that. And I am not very good at throwing it away. And of course they have the old rule, well, if you haven't worn it in a year, then throw it away. You won't miss it or give it away. And it's like, well, have I worn it in a year? So Fallon told me this morning, uh, she said something like, when you wear, when you put your clothes back in the closet, I, I, I would have to think about how this works exactly. Put the hanger in backwards. And then, so take everything, that's it. Take everything in your closet and put the hanger in backwards. We all put the hanger in forwards, right? Put it in backwards. And if in a year it's still backwards, you haven't worn it, then don't keep it. Clothing, they said, is one of the best ones. Make two piles. Ones you want to give away or throw away and ones you want to keep. And then be just ruthless with it if you can. And then take the ones that you're going to give away and give them away or throw them away. Take the ones that you're going to keep and go through it and decide which ones need to be cleaned, which ones need to be hemmed or whatever. And uh, and then maybe go through that one more time. Anyway, I just think it's a great idea because the, the book is called Swedish Death Cleaning because the theory is, hey, listen, when we die, somebody, probably our poor kids or our sister or brother, are going to have to go through all of our crap and sort out what's valuable, what's trash, what's not. Now, let me just stop right there. Let's say that you have a relative and I'm not going to name anybody because I don't want to get depressing, but let's say this person suddenly died. Would you have time anywhere in your schedule to go to their house and clean from bottom to top and get rid of their stuff and organize and sell and give away and donate? Would you have time? I will answer for you. No, you would not have time. So, that's the problem a lot of people have is somebody dies and they got to go to their house and root through all their crap and they don't have time. And they have to ruthlessly go through this stuff and God knows what they're throwing away. So I think it's a really good idea for a book and you don't have to be old to do this. The book says, hey, do it even if you're, even if you're 30 years old. Do the Swedish death cleaning. Get rid of that stuff and that clutter and the fact that you have... I love this part because it's so me. I have a chair in the bedroom that I, I can't sit on because it's always covered with laundry. Not dirty laundry, but clean laundry that I haven't put away. Um, and I know I need to go through the basement and get more crap out of there. And uh, every time I do it, I go, well, there's a box with crap in it, but I don't have time to go through it right now. Um, anyway, I just like the, the idea of the book, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take some of the things that we're talking about today in the podcast, and I'm going to put links to them uh, on the Facebook page, because we do have a Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. All right, it was Halloween this past weekend, and I went as post Malone, but I had an IV in my arm, so I was post-op Malone. And the reason I did that is because I thought there's going to be a lot of post Malones that are going to be a lot better looking than me. Um, and I have to say, it was the best Halloween costume I've ever had. Uh and I love Halloween costumes. Last year, I was barbed from Stranger Things. I didn't buy a store-bought costume. I put it all together for myself. Um, and a lot of people are like, who are you? But the people who got it really got it. And that's always kind of fun. 
Uh, I was a sexy Benihana chef a few years ago where I was a Benihana chef, but I had an open shirt with one of those plastic ripply muscles and chests and six packs and that type of thing. Um, uh, and I was a zombie porn star a few years ago. I was a vampire a few years ago in the infamous video where Fallon and Steve did not dress up, but tricked me into dressing up and Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. Um, so we went to this Halloween party downtown and I'll be honest with you. I spent a lot of time and a lot of money on this costume and, and I got dressed up. My friend Denise helped me. It took an hour to get the makeup and the tattoos and everything on at 11 o'clock. I went out to join the party. We were done at one o'clock. I came back into this lonely little room at the W, like a, a like a spare banquet room, all by myself. And I got undressed, put back on my regular clothes, and carried all my stuff home in a bag. And I thought that was fun, but was it worth it for two hours for all that trouble? I don't really have a lesson here, but it just made me think: Wow, some things are worth it, and it was worth it in a way. I mean, it was fun, and I love the costume. We got some great pictures. But for two hours, and then to throw everything back in the bag and come home and go to bed was just kind of like, huh, I don't know. Maybe next year I'll go with a store-bought costume like Steve did and spend $45 and no time on it. So what was yours for Halloween? Were you happy with your Halloween costume? And here's another thing. When the kids come to trick-or-treat, do you go all out? Do you have like ghosts and goblins and a fog machine on your front porch? I do. I have a fog machine. And when the kids come up to trick or treat, I see if they're little kids or bigger kids. I don't scare the little kids with the fog machine, but I have a remote control in the house. And if they're a little bit bigger, like eight and older, then I'll turn on the fog machine and they think that's really cool. But if they're little kids, I don't turn it on. Anyway, before you know it, Halloween will be gone and we'll be moving on to Thanksgiving. But just want to touch on the, uh, the Halloween costume really quick. I will say, because we're kind of moving all over on the podcast. Um, I want to think of a way in the near future for the podcast to take a different twist somehow. To still have the basic theme of lessons in life that we all can benefit from. And not just mine, but yours too. And I think one of the ways I wanted to do that was go to somebody's house and, and do the podcast from there. And I did that exactly twice. But I think I want to start doing that again. Uh, and I know I say that probably almost every week, but I think we need like a, just a new angle on the podcast because it's, and I don't, I don't want it to be all just me talking for 30 minutes because I swear I can do it. You know, I can do it. I sit here in the, in the guest room in the ironing board studios and I can talk my ass off by myself but I always feel like I'm talking to you, so I don't feel really weird about it. I always feel like you and I are sitting here like on a car ride or something, and, and you and I are talking, but I'm doing all the talking. Um, there's another thing I want to talk about. Stephen King's new least favorite word, and I love this. His least favorite word is awesome. That's so awesome. The party was awesome. The food was awesome. And I wrote down, I actually um, took a picture of his quote here. He says, is a tweet from Stephen King. Note to writers. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. It's not awesome. I'm glad I pulled this out. It's not awesome. It's amazing. Let's start this over again. Note to writers. Amazing is very tired. Amazing needs a long vacation. Therefore, writers, please don't write about your amazing party, your amazing girlfriend's amazing dress, or your amazing vacation. Something more pungent and specific, please. I think that's really true. 
I think a lot of people use the word amazing, including myself. Oh, that show is amazing. Did you see that movie? It's amazing. Oh, that car? It's amazing. That house? Oh, that's an amazing house. Well, most of us don't care because we're not writers, but if you want to change your uh, vocabulary up a little bit, um, somebody suggested words to use instead of amazing. Adorable, alluring, astonishing, astounding, awe-inspiring, beauteous. Nobody's going to use that one. Beautiful, bewitching. That dress is bewitching. Uh, that food is beyond words. That house is blue ribbon. I like blue ribbon. Breathtaking, brilliant, impressive, incomparable, inconceivable, incredible. There's a whole lot of these. Uh, mesmerizing. Uh, and I'm going to put this up on the Facebook page too. So these are words that you can use instead of amazing. Isn't that interesting? I know I use the words definitely. I use the word definitely a lot. And I know this because I always spell it wrong and it always gets that red line under it to say, hey, dummy, you spelled this wrong. Um, definitely, I'm definitely not going to that party. I am definitely going to get a new coat. I am definitely going to get my hair cut. I definitely think that movie is awesome. I definitely need to get some exercise. I use definitely as like an emphasizing word way too much. And I definitely need to stop. Hey, we all have our verbal crutches. Um, I know somebody whose uh, every sentence is joined with and, and I really think it's a good idea to do this, and I really want to do it, and a lot of friends of mine want to do it too, and as soon as I'm home from the gym, I'm going to do that, and I think I'll really be happy. I know somebody who, no shit, they join every sentence with the word and, and I want to say something, but this is someone who's not very, I don't know, open to suggestions. So you kind of got to pick your battles. And I'd like, yeah, you know, I have a friend who inhales through her nose every time she talks. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to pick up a, a, a book at the library. And I'm going to run over to Kohl's and then I'm going to pick up some blankets. And when I get home and it's like, oh my God, stop breathing through your nose. It's driving me crazy. But I know it would only hurt her feelings if I said anything, so I'm not going to say anything because it's just rude. Um, okay, we're kind of coming to a close now. Um, we've talked about the $238 facial. We talk about driving yourself so you don't get stuck. Halloween costumes. And, oh, you know what? The one thing. Uh, shout out Nathan, my buddy, who listens to the podcast uh, regularly with his hot wife, Alyssa. And um, uh, he helped me get an Apple Watch. Um, and when I say help, I mean, he ordered it for me and I really appreciate that. And he gave me the tips on it. So I'm playing with my new Apple watch and I got to tell you, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to a regular watch ever again. And you're talking to a guy who loves watches. I probably have a collection of like 30 watches, not expensive ones. I think my most expensive watch is my Harley Davidson watch, which cost 175 bucks, but I love my Apple watch. It's got the phone built in and it's really cool. So Anyway, why did I bring that up? I don't know. Uh, we talked about Stephen King's new least favorite word and Swedish death cleaning. What do you want to talk about? Send me an email to DaveRyan at KDWB.com or just comment on the Facebook page. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Hey, the book, remember, always available on Amazon.com. Maybe somebody needs it for a little stocking stuffer. 
Uh, don't forget the Clip-A-Doo, also great stocking stuffer. You can get it on Etsy.com. Search Clip-A-Doo, C-L-I-P-A-D-O-O, or DogFoodDirect.com has them too. And uh, there's a Kindle version of my book uh, that you can download as well. All right. Hey, listen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your listening. I told you I can talk and talk. We've gone now for, well, it's a little bit shorter of a podcast this time. We've only gotten 20 minutes, but I appreciate you as you know, and I will talk to you next week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Thanks for listening. 